Our leader for tonight is Joe. Thank you. I'm Joe, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Good job. All right, so I'm going to pass around uh, pictures. You can just tap on the sides to get through them. Um, so my top weight is 450 or more pounds. I have no idea exactly what my top weight was. I just know it was... Uh, significantly more than 445 because the scale I had stopped at 444. Um, when I first weighed in at a doctor after dieting for a couple of months, my weight was 445. Um, I, uh, well, I guess I'll just start at the beginning. So um, pretty much since I was a kid, um, I have been overweight. Um, I was the fat kid in school. I was the kid that got made fun of. I was an outsider. I didn't feel like I fit in with anyone. Um, and uh, the things I did, I didn't think about them being different at the time, but they were pretty different. I uh, would get pissed off when other kids would throw candy at each other because I wanted to eat it. And if they were going to throw it at each other, they might as well give it to me so I could eat it. Um, I used to sneak food, I used to steal food. I uh, went through high school and uh, ate a lot. And I found my first binge buddy around 14 or so. And we would walk down to a uh, corner liquor store and go eat, uh, just grab all kinds of junk food. Uh, when we turned 16 and got licenses, that turned into restaurant runs. Um, well, actually, we would come home to my house, eat a whole bunch of junk food, then go on a restaurant run and do some more binging. Um, so that's about what my life looked like through to my early 20s, is a lot of binge eating. Um, through high school, I think my top weight was 380 pounds, or sorry, 350 pounds is about what I graduated at. Um, a couple of years later, I was 380. And uh, I, uh, well, did a lot of eating to get there. Um, I guess, just kind of a strange aside, I felt so ashamed of my body and so uh, much like an outsider and so completely unlovable. And I, I literally just really hated myself and my lot in life. Um, I didn't date at all. And I didn't date until 35. Uh, so I was, you know, on my way to being the, uh, the 40-year-old virgin. Um, and that was actually a fear of mine. Uh, that was legitimately a fear of mine ever since high school, is I thought I would never find someone uh, who would love me for me. Uh, because all I saw when I saw myself was fat, worthless, um, just someone who wasn't worth loving. Um, and I tried all the diet plans. I tried Weight Watchers when I was young. Um, did the liquid diets, the slim fast. You, you guys know them all. You, we've all done them. Um, and sometimes it would work a little bit, but nothing ever stuck until, well, I shouldn't say this one stuck, but... The most successful one I did um, up into my 20s was 
a diabetic diet. My dad got diabetes. He was skinny, unlike me. And uh, he was actually, I guess technically he was my first binge buddy uh, before I found that friend. And we would just eat junk food and watch TV at night. Um, but uh, he was skinny. Um, his binges were relegated to the evenings. And my mom was overweight, and her eating was kind of grazing throughout the day. And I picked up both of those behaviors. Um, so I would both binge and just graze constantly. And uh, they kind of went hand in hand for me. Um, so I went on the diet with my dad, diabetes diet, standard diabetic diet that you might imagine, low carb. Lost 50 pounds in five months or something like that. Felt great. And then um, the girl I liked didn't like me back. So I thought, you know, what a great way to get revenge at her by just saying fuck it and eating everything. Um, and I ballooned up to 450 pounds over the course of the next six years, give or take. And I found myself in so much self-loathing and depression and anger um, and unmanageability in my life, I was getting suicidal. So I went and sought a therapist, and at this time, my eating had taken off to the point where I couldn't stop at a gas station without getting junk food. I couldn't go, like, multiple times. I couldn't go without going to a store multiple times through the day getting junk food or going to the drive-thru or going to whatever. And I would go from one drive-thru to another because I thought maybe they would think I was, you know, a fat ass. I didn't want them to know how much I was eating, but that's 450 pounds. It's kind of hard to hide that. Um, but, uh, you know, I was such... In such an unmanageable place, I sought this therapist and was like, I think I might be a food addict. Um, and she was like, well, you know, you might be. And check out OA or FA or there's any number of things, Life Ring, all the others. And I was just kind of like, ah, no, uh, I can do it myself. I'll, I'll do it myself like I did before with the, uh, you know, I lost that 50 pounds. How hard could it be? Um, and uh, it proved to be pretty hard. So I spent the next couple of years just in up and down roller coaster, um, constantly binging, hating myself, isolating, watching TV. I lived with friends and I felt completely alone. I would just go into the other room, watch Netflix and, uh, or play video games and just binge eat and drink. Both of those things, it turns out, are my vices. Um, and uh, just through all that, I got to the point where I was completely suicidal and planned my suicide in a way where it was certain to be guaranteed, um, no chance of failure, and it would be easy because I had a hard time with like cutting and that kind of stuff. Um, I had thought about doing that a number of times through my life. I suffered from depression my whole life. Um, but this time it felt real. Something was completely different about this time. It wasn't just 
ideation or I want to disappear or what would happen if I just drove into this wall over here? Uh, what if I drove into traffic the wrong way? Just the random thoughts that would pop up from time to time. This was completely planned out to the very detail. And I knew if I didn't get help, um, I would not be living for much longer. Um, so in a weird moment of clarity when I realized all this, um, I told my brother and my friend who I lived with about my plan and the time and the date and said, just all I want you to do is put me on watch, basically. Um, and it turns out that was the first time I turned my life over to something else. I didn't really know it at the time, but I turned my will and my life over to a power greater than myself because I couldn't do it on my own anymore. Um, I had to have something outside of me intervene to keep me alive. Um, and it turns out that's how my addiction is. I have to go to something outside myself because I'm powerless. I don't have the ability to control myself. Once I start eating, I do not stop. Um, and, you know, my addiction is very specifically processed carbs of just about any kind. Um, you know, and this is how messed up my brain still is. I've been in recovery for a while, and I walk through the break room, smell something in the microwave that's a snack food that was one of my binge foods, and go, oh, hey, I can have that now. My, my best ideas get me into trouble. Um, so now I check my ideas off of someone else. Um, but more on that later. Um, through this time, I still didn't get into OA. Uh, I knew I was a food addict. I knew I had to do something. So what do I do? I go on a doctor uh, prescribed liquid diet for seven months, lose 180 pounds. Thought my life would be perfect because I was skinny and everything I wanted. And, uh, you know, now everything would be great. And it wasn't. And I kind of maintained for a little while. I went through some relationships, finally started dating. This was at 35. Um, and they were very tumultuous relationships that were not good for me. I wasn't good for them. They weren't good for me. Um, and uh, I guess after that, I just started doing the roller coaster again. Kind of went up a little, down a little, went back up to 300 from 260, then dropped down to 280, then up to 300 again, then down to 270. And then uh, over the course of about three or four months, I went from somewhere in that 360 to 300 range up to 350. Uh, so I gained... I calculated at one point, but it was close to a pound a day. That's a lot of food. I was eating probably somewhere between six and 10,000 calories a day. Um, and it was all junk food. And it got to the point where I didn't even like the taste of the food anymore. I was eating for effect. I wanted to escape into something else. I wanted to not be me. I wanted to not feel anymore. Um, and food allowed me to do that. Alcohol allowed me to do that. Alcohol is just liquid sugar with a little extra bump on it. Um, so it gave me, you know, extra of what I wanted. 
which was just oblivion, that sigh of relief, the release from the <coughs> shitty uh, voices in my head that were constantly unchurning, you know, I suck, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other, um, beating myself up in ways that I wouldn't <coughs> ever do to anyone else. Um, <coughs> And that was when I finally went and sought a therapist who specialized in addiction because I still thought therapy was the solution. I just needed a therapist to get my head right, and then I'd be fixed. Um, and he said, no, you need to go to OA and AA. And at the time, I didn't think I was an alcoholic. I just had this realization that alcohol kept leading me back to food. Um, but food also leads me back to alcohol. And I discovered that much later uh, when I relapsed about seven, eight months into program on both. And leading up to that, I had had a number of relapses on uh, sugar, carbs. I ate an entire hotel mini bar at one point. And this was all, you know, supposedly while I was abstinent. Um, and it took me a while to get it. I. I'd say my last relapse was about 10 to 11 months in. And uh, I still struggle from time to time. But once I actually started being willing to work the program and take people's advice and suggestions and directions and gave myself over to something other than me, um, and it was just the group at first. I don't know what my higher power is now. It's, I am still fairly agnostic. Came an atheist hating the word God. Um, I didn't want to hear about it. I didn't want to see it. But uh, the great thing about this program is I got to pick a higher power of my own understanding. And a uh, group of drunks, good orderly direction, those were good ones for me. Um, this group, my sponsor, other people, people other than me, because my best ideas nearly killed me. And if I ever go back to that, my last relapse is evidence that they will kill me. Um, it only took about six days during that last relapse for me to uh, get so scared because I was dropping out the bottom so fast that I didn't think I would live for another month or two because I could feel myself starting to get suicidal again and how quickly that came once I got back into the food. Um, honestly, I don't know if I have another recovery in me. I know I have another relapse in me, but I do my program every day to try and not get into that relapse because I'm pretty sure my next relapse will kill me. Um, but coming out of that, it gave me the willingness to go to 90 meetings in 90 days like my sponsor had originally wanted me to and I said no nah, I work I, I have too much time for that that's for people who don't work <laughs> uh, no I there's 365 AA meetings and a whole bunch of OA meetings all over the place uh, I could get to a meeting a day and if I didn't it was just an excuse um, you know I started working the steps and uh Going in, I thought I was a pretty honest person, but I wasn't really honest with myself about what I was or what I needed or what I could and couldn't do. 
I thought I could solve all of my problems myself. I was a smart guy. Um, you know, I went through life just wondering why everyone else was so stupid and why I was so great and if only other people could see it and just it's this weird ego thing that went right alongside the self-loathing and low self-worth um, very strange dichotomy of me thinking I'm this awesome person and I'm also this terrible person um, but I couldn't do it myself I couldn't be my own higher power I you know I was slowly killing myself doing it my way um, and through getting abstinent, you know, my top weight wasn't when I came in. I was 350 when I came in. But through getting abstinent, I dropped that weight. And I'm down to uh, 335 today. My lowest weight is 225. I discovered over the last year I need to cut back on my carbs a little bit. Um, you know, what my plan looks like is I don't weigh and measure anything other than carbs. I don't weigh vegetables because... They're vegetables. I avoid certain things because they're high in sugar. And, uh, you know, I just weigh, I have to personally weigh and measure my carbs. Otherwise, I will eat too much. And I tried cutting them out entirely, and that's not really great for me because I start getting lightheaded. Um, I would love to be able to cut them out entirely because that was the freest I ever felt. And it's a very strange thing coming from me because I was scared shitless of not eating sugar again. I was scared of not drinking again. Um, I was afraid of losing all of the desserts and all the good things and all, you know, drinking champagne at a wedding and, you know, all the things that we think we need to do. And I didn't need to do them. I haven't needed to do them. I've done all of those things without the food, the sugar, the alcohol, the anything else. Um, and, uh, you know, I've survived. And that was just me being afraid of letting go of my coping mechanism. That was how I interacted with people, you know. The, the food and the sugar and all that stuff made me feel, you know, warm and safe. And uh, it, it helped me to be able to go through the world. So at one time it was my solution and it worked and then it stopped working. Then it just escalated from there. Um, but uh, after working through the steps and starting to sponsor other people, my life did a 180 in a very short amount of time. And I thought it was taking forever for me to get anything out of this program. Um, I'm currently a little over 18 months abstinent. And... I want to say within the first six months or so of my current abstinence and of working the steps starting from the beginning, um, all of the promises started coming true. It wasn't things I wanted, but it was things that were better than what I wanted. You know, the ninth step promises tell you that you'll be amazed before you're halfway through. You'll know new freedom, new happiness. I thought that was BS. Uh, my therapist, who was the addiction specialist, who was an addict himself, who told me that he went in thinking this was not going to work on him. I had the exact same idea. It wasn't going to work on me. And it was, well, screw you. This isn't going to work. I'm going to be the exception. And uh, I wasn't. You know, I thought I was going to be the one person who this wouldn't work on. Because 
whatever reason, I didn't believe in God or whatever other preconceived notion I had. Um, but within six months, my life did a 180, and uh, life isn't perfect. Bad things still happen. Um, you know, my dad's health is failing, he's dying. Uh, he had prostate cancer, which is thankfully in remission, but his health is still failing. So uh, we didn't discover his cancer until it was stage four. So we thought he was going to die within months. Um, thankfully, he didn't, but I don't have any idea that he's going to last more than a couple of years, if that. And it's difficult thinking about that. And it's, it's one of the things that drives me, if I start thinking about that a lot, it drives me to want to start eating. Because once I get my claws into an idea, I start chewing on it, and it just goes and goes and goes and goes and gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And uh, eventually, I just want to eat over it. I want to escape again. But for me, there's no more escape in the food. It's just misery and self-loathing and eventually death. Um, and that sounds pretty dire for food, but that is the reality is I was killing myself, whether it was going to be a diabetic death or by my own hand. Um, uh, now I'm in an actual healthy relationship, which is very strange. Um, I am uh, going back to school. It's part of my 12th step for OA. I want to become a clinical nutritionist because there's so few out there that really understand addiction and give people like us, oh, why don't you just have a little bit? If I could have a little bit, I wouldn't have this problem. <laughs> there is no such thing as a little bit for me. I, you know, people still ask me, oh, you can just take one bite now, right? And people who find out I've lost a significant amount of weight, oh, yeah, you're, you lost your weight, you're done now, so you can have one a little bit, you can have one. I'm just like, no. One, there is no such thing as one. Maybe I'll have one in front of you. <laughs> then I'm going to stop at the store, 7-Eleven, the gas station. Maybe not that day, maybe the next day, maybe the day after that. But it's going to happen. It's not going to stop. Um, you know, it's, it's something that I keep, try to keep fresh, and actually speaking right now is helping me keep it fresh. So this is... Uh, as much for me as anyone else, if not more so. Um, but uh, the life I have now, even though it's not perfect, even though it's not what I wanted, even though I do things that I don't necessarily or didn't necessarily want to do, like work with other people and do service and sponsor people, because good God, who would want to be sponsored by someone as messed up as me? Uh, how could I possibly help anyone? All of that stuff is an asset now because pretty much everything I've been through, they've been through, and I can identify with them. I can say, hey, you went through that? So did I. You know, maybe it was better, maybe it was worse, maybe who cares? Um, but my experience now can at the very least maybe help some other people and... Uh, you know, that's kind of what this program is about. That's what this program has taught me is um, trying to be of service, trying to share my experience, strength, and hope with other people. Um, and I can say I have a life today beyond my wildest dreams. It doesn't feel like it every day. You know, it's not this pink cloud happy everyday thing. Um, 
But the differences were at the very end of my illness, I was nothing but miserable almost every single day. Now I know the misery has a beginning and an end and it's not going to last forever. You know, happiness isn't going to last forever, but then again, neither is sadness. Neither is hurt. Um, And uh, having that realization has helped me significantly in in keeping up with this program. And, um, you know, I I think that's about all I have to say today. So thank you.